and welcome back to Sea Red UK, where quite simply is Chicago Bullsing. Wherever you're listening, if it's available, rate, review, subscribe, helps us out and ensures you don't miss another episode. I'm Matt, and as usual, joined by Neil. How are we doing, Neil? I'm not too bad, Matt. Um, yeah, ready to talk some bulls. A um, few little bits we've got to, to go over today, so it should be good. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, last episode we were lucky enough to be joined by Tim Sinclair for the second time. Um, shout out, Tim. Uh, so we didn't get to cover the sort of breaking news at that time, did we? So we'll no. give our opinion on it on this one, I think. But first bit of news that we're going to get into is has just dropped sort of about what an hour ago before we yeah about in. that. Um, Alex Caruso been named to the NBA All Defensive First Team. Obviously, he missed out on the final three, didn't he? Um, for Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did see Pat Bev picked up a one vote for the second team as well. Um, obviously, Caruso is the first player not to make the playoffs to be on the All Defensive First Team since 0506 as well. Okay. Quick little um, fact for you. Uh, yeah. A bull, more Bulls related one. He's only the seventh player to make the All Defensive First Team. Yeah, and it, it is elite company too. Yeah. Uh, obviously, MJ, Pip, Jerry Sloan, Norm Van Leer, Joachim Noah, and Dennis Rodman. Mm-hmm. So. Like you say, he's joining pretty elite company, and you know, obviously, shout out to him, isn't it? <laughs> uh, we know what he brings. Uh, box score watchers probably won't appreciate him. Yeah, as we've, as we've said countless times before, you know, because if you look at his box score, it's you're thinking, well, why is he even out there? But when you watch him, obviously. When he, even when he's not on the court, he's coaching as well, isn't he? Yeah. You know, you can hear him. You can, you can see him sort of barking orders and stuff like that. And we've seen how much we miss him when he doesn't feature as well. Mhm. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what your take on it is. Well, I'll be honest with you. I didn't actually think he was going to make first team. I thought he would get a second team nod for sure. But. um I wanted him to get first team, and I'm glad he did, and, and got that recognition. And uh, it also kind of puts a little bit of a feather in, in the Bulls' cap um, on what was pretty much a disappointing season. So it's good to see something come out of it, and and, and I'm happy for Alex. I think it's well deserved. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, there was all the talk about him possibly being used as sort of trade bait as well, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and Bulls put in was it two first as a price tag on him yeah you know that's I think he's, does it up his value a little bit now I think it has to doesn't it really um, but it also probably makes him harder to let go <laughs> yeah uh, I think by doing what they did last year with putting that price tag on him they've said they don't want to let him go Um and obviously now surely that price tag goes up which makes it harder to say yeah we'll get rid of him yeah oh that's how you'd like to think but obviously Bulls do things in weird ways don't they so um, 
yeah. <laughs> yeah, from Manchester. <laughs> Which we'll get, we'll get into. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I did sort of notice about it was Marcus Smart not being in the, the team. Or any of the teams for that matter. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, because obviously he won it last year, didn't he? Defensive player of yeah. the year. And then he's not in any of the teams, which... I mean, obviously, as we've said countless times before, we don't follow the NBA close enough to... Or the, the rest of the NBA close enough to see how players are performing. But to go from defensive player of the year to completely out of it... Is a bit, I mean, he did receive votes, obviously. Mm. But, yeah, it's... Um, I'm just trying to find the rest of the team. I know it was obviously Jaron Jackson, uh, Evan Mobley. Well, you say his surname, Mobley, Mobley. Um, I don't know if you've got it in front of you. I can't remember who it was now. I don't. I don't have it in front of me, actually. I, I had it earlier on, all right. But um, I can try and pull it up if you want to keep chatting. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, also, as we know, Jaron Jackson got the, the first, well, got the Defensive Player of the Year, didn't he? Which, you know, shout out to him. Yeah. Obviously, um, like I say, surely it means that it's just Crusoe become untouchable now for us in terms of trades? Um, pretty much, I think. Uh, I, I can't see them deciding to let him go now, to be honest. I mean, I think Bulls Nation had pretty much erupted, <laughs> wouldn't they? Do you yeah. Know what I mean? if, yeah. If, uh, we were to trade him now and I think they would have done it in the first place but I think is he also eligible for an extension going into next year I believe so um, yeah I have the all defensive first team here now yeah. so it's Alex Caruso Drew Holiday Jaron Jackson Jr Brooke Lopez and Evan Mowbray yeah so was it the top three were well for the defensive player with Jaron Jackson Lopez and Drew Holiday, weren't they? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, second team, which we're not really that bothered about, but it was Derek White, Draymond Green, Ojan Anobi, Bam Adebayo, and Dylan Brooks. <laughs> which, that name just doesn't seem to go away, does it? <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> yeah. And like I say, Pat Bev did pick up one vote for the second team so yeah shout out Pat Bev <laughs> yeah um, yeah I don't know if you've got anything else on uh, Caruso no not really like I say I'm just glad he got the nod um, I think it's it stands to him and his game and like you say it's a real eye opener for people who just bought box score watch with, with him because uh, you're not going to read in the stats what he brings to the team yeah I mean obviously with defence as well I mean I'm not a stat guy anyway as I've said countless times but you know defence don't really show up on stats does it you know because sometimes a steal can be as lucky as the ball just falling into your hands you know what I mean yeah so obviously was was he first in tipped possessions or something as well wasn't he yeah yeah uh, and by by quite a he and by quite a margin as well, I believe. Yeah, and obviously we've seen how many times he takes charges and mm-hmm. just kind of lead to him missing a few games. Though the way he plays, done it. So that's the flip side of it, I guess. But um, 
you, you don't get him to dial it back to 10. He plays at 11 uh, defensively <laughs> all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, we weren't planning on talking about that, were we? But we uh, obviously had to get it in as soon as it was breaking news as such. Yeah, exactly. Um, before we go into what we were going to talk about, a couple of other rumours that have been floating around, as tends to be, uh, players supposedly not looking at getting re-signed by the current team. So, obviously, Bulls Nation links itself to them. Yep. Uh, first one is Christian Wood, obviously, from Mavs. Yeah. Um, oh, so I don't know what sort of deals are on at the minute or whatever, but, you know, to me, where does he fit? If you if you were going to re-sign Vooch and we bring Drummond back, where does he fit? I suppose, I mean, he's played centre for the last, what, two or three seasons, right? But, I mean, when he first came into the league, he was power forward. Yeah. And, you know, he's a bit of a journeyman. He, he's played for countless teams, I think six or seven different teams at this stage of his career, and he's only 27. But, I mean, he's six foot ten. He's not massively built, but he's strong. Um, I, I suppose he would be... A, a better better placed in the four than the five perhaps maybe that's where our area of need is yeah. um, as opposed to at the centre position if we bring back Vooch and, uh, and Dre so you're kind of looking at maybe slotting in between the four and the five really um, I, I like Christian Wood Um I do see an area where we can use him. I do think he would fit in well there. I mean, across his career, he shot 58.8% from, from the two range and 37.9% from three. Yeah. Um, granted, he doesn't shoot that many from three, but um, it's still a pretty pretty good stat. Um, he's also averaged 7.3 rebounds per game and almost one block per game across his career as well. So... I mean, there, you, you can see where he would fit, but at the same time, I don't know if it's a viable option. Um, and like you say, it's just rumour anyway. It's not been linked to the Bulls uh, by any kind of relevant source. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, like, as with all of these, isn't it? You know, I mean, I, yeah. I quite like him as well. Um, I kind of, we, obviously, we know we need a four. Ideally, we need shooters, don't we? Um, mm-hmm. I guess he fills a little bit of a, a need, but yeah. If we if we got him, I won't be bothered. If we don't get him, or we're not even linked to him, whatever. Then yeah, then I'm not not particularly bothered. You know what I mean? It's it is just rumours in it. So, and then the other one, Gary Trent Jr. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, Raptors are not going to be looking to re-sign him. I personally. Again, like I say, it's just all rumour, but I won't be bothered if we've got him. I won't be bothered if we don't get him. Um, you know, it does fill a need, doesn't he? He's tends to be a bit of a bull's killer as well, doesn't he, when we face Raptors? Yeah, he, he well, seems to shoot well against us. <laughs> but then so does everybody, so Yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to kind of pick <laughs> one player out that's that's technically a role player that's you know elite across the board because they all kind of seem to step into that role against the Bulls so it kind of leaves us feeling that like players are maybe better than they actually are because they seem to be like you say Bulls killers yeah um, 
but across the rest of the season they may not perhaps be quite at that standard I don't know what it is but it seems to be the way it goes I mean he's a career 38% three point shooter on 6.3 yeah. attempts yeah. which you know it's not bad no you kind of, if, if you've got another player out there putting up 6-7 three point attempts whether he's off the bench or starting whatever it happens to be then just spaces the floor a little bit more doesn't it and it 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 provides something that we just didn't have. That's that's the big thing in it. It's just, somebody, you know, if you've got somebody in there to rebound as well, as we've said, you know, then if they're missing them, because obviously that's what a lot of the Bulls' problem was, wasn't it? Is they shoot a three and then there'd be no one there to rebound it. Right. And Zach is particularly guilty of doing that, running the floor and pulling up for a three and, and the rest of the team are behind him. <laughs> So yeah, like I said, I mean, it wouldn't be somebody I'd be upset about signing, and it wouldn't be somebody I'd be upset about missing out on either. So yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of the same. You know, I, I do quite like Gary Trent Jr. I mean, he has age on his side. He's only 24. Um, the only thing is, apparently, um, one of the reasons why they've kind of come to this decision that he he, you know, may not be re-signing is because he doesn't want a bench role he wants a starting role well I mean he's a shooting guard so where are we going to put him yeah exactly do you know the only place we can put him realistically speaking is on the bench yeah and if that's not what he wants and if that's his reasoning for not re-signing with the Raptors then he's not going to want to come to the Bulls anyway yeah and obviously as we know with Bulls at the minute everything comes down to money right (laughs) and I think we've got other places to spend what little money we do have so <laughs> yeah yeah for sure <laughs> so yeah last little thing we wanted to touch on obviously we didn't get a chance last week as I said with having Tim on didn't feel it appropriate to uh, discuss it with him the so called secret extension for AK because mm. um, it come out on Thursday didn't it was it Darnell Mabry from the Athletic yeah. sort of broke it that there's been this secret extension offered and obviously Bulls have got history of doing that, haven't they? With it seems to be the way they <laughs> they operate in the, in the shadows, don't they? Well, I mean, obviously we've had a few days to reflect on it and listen to other people's takes on it and stuff like that. And one that I did hear was uh, from Casey Johnson and apparently he put out in November, uh, I don't know where he put it out or how he put it out, but Obviously, it was just after the announcement of Billy Donovan getting extended. And he kind of said, well, it makes sense that AK's got an extension because obviously management aren't going to extend a coach past their own contract, basically. So he he was kind of expecting it, which, yeah, makes sense, doesn't it? It does. I think... I mean, I... I haven't particularly got a problem with them extending him. I'm, I'm not particularly his biggest fan at the minute. Um, and it does kind of go back to this whole hashtag continuity bollocks that we keep hearing. Yeah. Um, but it's the way they're doing it. That's what's getting me and I think getting a lot of fans. Yeah, it is. That's that's the thing. That's what's upsetting people. It's the fact that this stuff is kind of leaking and, and only leaking unofficially as well. There's... There's, there's still never been an, uh, an official statement about Billy. And um, 
I don't I don't expect there to be an official statement about this either. But at the same time, do you know, um, did you expect them to not extend Arturus? Because, I mean, uh, as far as I'm concerned, okay, he, he has under-delivered on what he promised. But at the same time, I didn't expect them to shake it up again and, and get rid of him this soon anyway. I mean, he was always going to be extended. It's more like you say, the way it's done. Yeah, and since, obviously... Uh, Ryan Stoss have had controllables they've only ever had two other people in the front office exactly or in that role uh, obviously Jerry Krause and um, Pax yeah you know uh, so that what since 85 86 whenever it was um, you know so they've had what 17 and 15 years or whatever it was over their period and so they're not going to get rid of AK after what, three years now, is it? Is it three yeah. years we've had him? Yeah, three years. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what deal he was brought in on in the first place, or length of deal. Um, I'm assuming four years, same as Billy. I don't know. Um, but, yeah. I, I, say I don't particularly have a problem with them re-signing him or extending him, whatever it happens to be. But it's, it's the way they're doing it. And... You kind of want that clarity from them, don't you? Yeah. And especially when, in terms of players as well, they go out and say, oh, yeah, we're going to speak to Vooch about an extension before training camp or during training camp. And then we hear nothing. And now we're getting into a position with players where it's like, well, what are we doing with them? Yeah. You know, so... We get... I get, you know... AK seems to do his business in private, doesn't he? Do you know what I mean? We, we don't hear a lot from him. But is that starting from? Is that coming from the top now? Do you know what I mean? Is that? Well, I'm sure it's something it's... that appealed to the Reinsdorf when they took him on. Yeah, and I mean, let's say it's kind of everyone saying that we we're rewarding mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Because he's not done anything, Billy's not done anything. Or, or no, we've had what one playoff run that we yeah. got near enough swept anyway. You know, so. But then I also get the need for continuity as well. That's the other side to it, which that's the annoying side to it. I hate the word continuity. But yes, it's a swear word. I guess, I guess having that continuity at the top does kind of help the the players out a little bit you know you yeah. can change players as much as you want but if you're constantly changing your coach and your front office and stuff like that it, the senior players the players like Zach and that they're going to be like what the hell's going on Yeah, you know, am I welcome here am I not welcome here do you want me here you know it makes it harder to attract players because it's like well you didn't bring me here you know somebody else did and or you yeah. don't want me here, somebody else did. and So I do get the need for it, but it's just the it's the whole secret side to it. That's that's a bit that's pissing me off at all. Yeah, you know, just yeah, yeah. Put out a, a graphic saying, you know, we've extended Billy Donovan for two years. You know, you know yeah, you're going to get a lot of shit for it on the socials, <laughs> no doubt. As obviously seem, people seem to think that by tweeting the Chicago Bulls account, they're actually tweeting people that matter within the organisation but it's not it's just obviously the social media team yeah um, not that they don't matter but they don't have the pull 
or yeah, the, the, the <laughs> you you putting on there sack Billy isn't going to get Billy sacked. You know? No, because no, it really isn't. You know, um, Joe Bloggs that sat behind his iPad or his iPhone, whatever, putting out the tweets isn't going to go to Aikens a lot. So and so said, sack Billy. We need to sack him. But yeah. I don't know if you've got anything else on that extension. Um, well, more on the continuity thing. Um, yeah, I hate using that word now at this stage. But I think I think what you're kind of leaning towards, and I agree with, is it's not continuity as in running it back. It's more creating stability yeah. through continuity. Yeah, I'd rather use stability than continuity. Okay. Yeah, and and I, and I think that's where it's kind of the lines are getting blurred a little and and stability from that level is what people outside the organization are, are going to be looking at when they're looking in towards the organization as to whether or not it's, it's an area that they would like to be involved in or a team that they'd like to to move to um but the continuity thing i think was just trying to be a a, a fancy word um and in regards to players i mean players come and go changes are made if you don't win something is wrong so therefore you need a change and the question is always going to be what level of change is required and 95% of the time as a percentage I just plucked out of the air <laughs> they they will look at the players and that's where you make your changes and your tweaks it's only when things get really bad or you seriously underperform um, and don't reach the expectations that are set out for you, either by the organisation or in the extreme to the fans, that's when that level will tend to change. And in the Bulls' um, history, in the way they tend to do things, it takes 11 to years. But um, you're not going to see a change at that level, not yet. Not until there has been, I suppose, more of a blueprint laid down behind them um, as to how they do things and how it is or isn't working I mean obviously when you look around the NBA as well you can see why Bulls fans do get pretty pissed off with mediocrity being rewarded when you know Bulls yeah. have just got rid of um, yeah, what's his name Bud Bud yeah. how you say it you know um, Bud Zinger isn't it yeah well, I mean, it's, you know not well yeah. <laughs> uh, you know and then Raptors getting rid of Nick Nurse mm-hmm. you know but you know, Bucks, what is it now? Two years removed from them winning the championship. Yeah. And they've just got rid of the coach because, I don't know, it'd be three years, isn't it? Because they've had two. Is it? I can't remember what it is now. Uh, After yeah, this well, season, it makes it three, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, and obviously, first round exit, but it's an aging squad what they've got there, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And it's. You've got to put some of it on the players, but then obviously, as we said with the Bulls team, you can only work with what you've got as well. And at the end of the day, he's got a pretty decent squad to work with, isn't he? Or he did have. Well, yeah, and, you know, and obviously Yanis there leading it all. So obviously, Bulls aren't at that level. No, they haven't been at that level. So. You know, in terms of like you just said, it's creating stability at the top, hoping that it filters down to the the playing squad. I guess. Yeah, I think so. <coughs> and and 
in regards to what you were saying there with the Bucks as an example, um, expectations of that team are way higher than the expectations that were laid out at the start of this season for the Bulls. So therefore, when, when you underperform and your target is to do better than we did last year, when last year we only won one game in the first round of the playoffs, and you just miss out on getting into the playoffs by one game, it's a big difference than a team that is expected to potentially be championship contenders that go out in the first round. Yeah. It, it's, it's a far different drop on the expectation level than unfortunately what what we're sitting at and when you have questionably the best player in the league and the world in your team you are expected to go out there and do a bit better than than the way they did and and that's why it fell on him so much yeah and i think in tech with ak as well obviously yeah we knew that going into this of oh, this season just gone that he was running it back with mm. the continuity and I t- you know when you look back at it, you kind of can't blame him for it, because if we'd have traded Demar away or Zach away or Vooch away, whatever it happened to be, uh, you know, running coming into last season, Bulls Nation would have erupted over that. How can you get yeah. rid of him? How can, you know, obviously he didn't know how it was going to go. Well, you know, yeah, we knew what issues the team had. He knew what issues the team had. He didn't quite address them. Didn't do anything at trade deadline. That's the bit that pissed me off. The fact that there was no no effort to change it as the season drew on. Um, and you kind of got to hope that. I mean, it's everything seems to be when you listen to other people, you know, a lot closer to Bulls than what we are. Everyone's sort of lo- leaning towards running it back again this season as well or next season, aren't they? And that kind of worries me a little bit. To be fair. Mm-hmm. That's where AK is going to get judged, and where this whole secret extension is really going to, you know, come back to bite him on the ass. I think, in terms mm-hmm. of how the fans react. But yeah, um, I've got nothing else on that. Me neither. Nope. Nope. Right, so go to the ad read before we get into your little uh, segment that you wanted to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as we mentioned every episode, we, we now have this uh, little partnership going with Victory Sports UK. Um, we're very proud of it. Hopefully Victory Sports UK are very proud to be linked with us too. Um, so if you want to get kitted out in the in the good gear for the summer uh, or repping your squad, wearing your Bulls kit um, or any other team or any other American sport for that matter, um, Victory Sports UK is a UK-based sports apparel and equipment store where you can get your NBA and other sporting goods. Get kitted out in your favourite team gear and rep your squad. All C-Red UK group members and followers can avail of a special discount code for 15% off of their entire range, including products that are already on sale. Just make sure you're liking and following C-Red UK on Twitter or become part of the C-Red UK group on Facebook to receive your exclusive discount code on request. Visit victorysportsuk.co.uk to seal your victory with Victory Sports UK. Yes. So... The last little bit we're going to go into uh, is something obviously you, well, I don't know where you found it, you find it on Facebook or something, a post? Yeah, um, it was actually a shout out to Kevin Parsons, he's one of uh, the guys that I link in with and, and get uh, training cards um, off him from time to time, top bloke, and uh, he posted it, and I thought, you know what, I can take this and I can tweak it a little bit 
to be ball centric and um, dropped a couple of the questions, tweaked a couple of the questions, and, and it's just a bit of fun, basically. Um, just a few little questions regarding Bulls players and um, what our takes on are as the answers of each one. Yeah, and I, I will drop the questions in the comments as well for you to copy and paste your own answers onto if you feel the need. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. So yeah, I'll let you uh, let you read it all out. Oh, okay. Questions out. Perfect. So we'll go question by question. We'll go with the first one. I think this is one that is going to be fairly unanimous, <laughs> um, but we'll go with it anyway. Um, and bearing in mind that all of the answers have to be Bulls related. Yeah. Okay. So, greatest player of all time. Who is your goat? Well, there's only one in there. There is only one. And don't come at me me with nobody else. It's only <laughs> one. Yeah, I don't even think we need to say his name. It's, you've said it with the greatest player of all time. So, e- Exactly, exactly. Any Bulls uh, fan knows who that is. <laughs> right. So, uh, Derek Rose? Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Vooch. <laughs> Michael Jordan takes that accolade hands down without question. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine that there are many, if any, um, Bulls fans that would argue that. So, on to the next one then. This is a slight, slight difference. Who is your favourite Bulls player of all time? Yeah, um, I always answer it the same way. You, obviously, you can't look any further than MJ, as long as you're from that sort of era. Um, but I also sort of bracket it with Dennis Rodman yeah you know, I, I know we only had him for was it three years three years yeah but he's just my type of player do you know what I mean he's just character I imagine if he plays for anybody else you know like obviously now how he is I'd absolutely hate him but <laughs> when he's on your team you just love him don't you you know you the do. character he was obviously what he brought the rebounding and he just knew his role and went over there and he, he did it yeah yeah definitely um i loved dennis um i like i liked him before he was a bull which there's i don't think there's all too many <laughs> yeah. um bulls players or fans should i say that would feel that way but i did i, I liked him but at the same time it was almost a, a love hate thing we you kind of loved hate and playing against him yeah um but at the same time you had to appreciate the, the absolute terror he was both on the boards and in the ears of the opposition <laughs> and then I'll be honest when I heard we were signing him I didn't think that it was going to work um, but obviously it did in a in a big bad way and absolutely fell in love with him after that like you say um, loved Dennis yeah he was great um, but I have to say it's unquestionably for me my whole love of basketball came from Michael Jordan uh, and he will always and forever be my favourite ball of all time yeah I mean like I say I, I always say MJ but I always bracket it with, with, with yeah. this, you know, just just for something a little bit different but yeah yeah, it's, it's got to be MJ on it yeah. uh, well like you say at the end of the day it's why you're into basketball and it's why you're into balls exactly years later so the next one then um and this is kind of getting a little bit more 
of uh, an opinionated answer like you know and bearing in mind before people start tearing us apart um we are open to discussing this and talking about this on the socials happy to do so but this is purely based on opinion this is not based on facts or stats it's only based on matt's preferences and my preferences <laughs> so moving on to the next question favorite current player for the bulls yeah no obviously anyone who listens to this knows that it's mine's Javonte. Um I always tend to go for the um, the underdog type player, the the player that shouldn't be ranked amongst your favourites. Do you know what I mean? But just purely because you've got your stars and yeah, it's a don't get wrong. I, I enjoy Zach and I enjoy Demar and stuff like that. But Javonte is just yeah. He's my guy. Obviously, unfortunately, looks like he's not coming back. So then, kind of switches to Kobe a little bit for me. Just again, he's a bit of a character, and obviously, the whole season that he's just had kind of makes you remember why he kind of fell in love with him as a rookie when he first come. I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my Javante until he's gone, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. And who knows, he might not go. Oh, yeah. but, um, I'd love that. It, it does look like it's quite likely. <laughs> um, for me, uh, again, anyone that listens to the podcast on a, on a regular basis or uh, gets involved in the thread or anything like that uh, knows I absolutely love P-Will. Um, it's getting harder and harder to keep the faith that he's going to turn into this player that I'm hoping he's going to. Just his development is slow but again with that when he when he when he is good you see those flashes of what he's potentially going to be um so i'm hanging on in there uh, i do love p will i love his sexy rainbow threes i love it when he puts the the ball on the floor with aggression uh, attacks the the rim with aggression um he, he you know he's well able to play defense against whoever they put in front of him there's a lot i like about him but at at, at this stage, it's still sitting in that seesaw of will he reach his potential, will he come close, or will he fall off the other end? Um, so the jury's still out on that one, but he had to get a special mention. But for me, the current my current favourite ball is probably Zach, just because when he's on his game, it's absolutely electrifying. Um, the way he attacks the rim, his step back threes, um, his lightning first step, um, I, I just he's the most exciting player for me in a Bulls uniform at the moment and and that's what I like to see so yeah yeah like I say I, I'm not opposed to Zach and Damar and stuff like that it's just I always root for the, the players that nobody else does so that's my that's how I roll basically yeah that's, that's, <laughs> that's just because as well if it works out you want to be able to go see told you so <laughs> and, if, well. and if it doesn't work out you can go ah well I gave him a shot <laughs> <laughs> I think it never leads to disappointment that's the thing well it's true if you, true. If you true. don't expect anything from him then you can't be disappointed <laughs> can you spoken like a true Bulls fan <laughs> <laughs> alright moving on to the next one then favourite three point shooter yeah no. As anyone who, again, who listens to this knows I'm not a fan of the three-point game. I think it's mm. kind of ruined basketball a little bit. Um, and I actually go 
well back with mine to obviously 90s Bulls again and it is Steve Kerr uh -huh. coincidentally obviously is the coach of the player I blame for ruining the three point or ruining <laughs> basketball <laughs> um, yeah I think the reason I mean I know he's not the, the top three point shooter in terms of uh, made three pointers but obviously his percentage was just you know for the amount the amount he, he, he obviously coming off the bench and stuff like that the, the amount of shots that he got to the amount that he actually hit is just you know puts him up there as one of the greatest doesn't it yeah um, not in terms for Bulls anyway and you know I mean he had what five seasons with Bulls um, yeah. never started a game yet he's like well he's up there isn't he as one of the best three point shooters we've ever had so you know you could go Zach looks like he's going to end up getting the record doesn't he it but does look like that the game's completely changed on it from their era to how it is now and, and that's the thing yeah absolutely I mean someone who was a a good three point shooter back in the 90s um, didn't need to be shooting them as regularly as players today because today the game is built around the three point shot nearly yeah and if you think like going back to obviously them 90s Bulls teams you're not going to get the ball in your hands much when you're playing alongside MJ no so, so you had to be good at being a three point shooter because it's like well this is this is all I can do yeah I'm not going to be able to get to the rim and if I get the ball in my hands I've either got to pass it or I've got to shoot it you know, so um, and if it's MJ that passes you the ball, you don't want to be missing it either because you know you're going to get abuse. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, I appreciate. Obviously, we just seen Kobe go up to was it fifth in all-time Bulls three-pointers, mm -hmm. just taking over MJ. Um, obviously, Zach's second. Like I say, if he stays with Bulls for this contract, you imagine he takes over uh, Captain Kirk. Yeah, and you know, obviously. I, um, Captain Kirk was another one for me that I did think about just purely because of him having the record and he was kind of in that transition sort of period wasn't he really do you know where it went to a three point game true so you know is he a bit of a sort of trailblazer for it you know what I mean it's but yeah for me it was Steve Kerr very good yeah I kind of I went back and forth on this this one a little bit uh, I mean, obviously, as I've already mentioned, I love the way P. Will shoots them. I love the high arc in um, Rainbow 3. Um, so I have to give him a little mention. But for me, uh, taking stats out of it, just looking back on it, going right back even further than you did, Craig Hodges, two-time three-point champion. Yes. Um, so for me, I'd have to put him up there as... Uh, as my favourite three-point shooter, just purely on the back of the fact that he has the hardware to prove it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yep. Can't argue with that one. Yeah. So there we go. So the most underrated player of all time. And I know you had a bit of a, a headache with this one, didn't you? Yeah, this one and the next one. Um, it's just basically because it is just all opinion. And it's like, like yeah. I said to you in the chat, it's, 
you look at it and some of them had good careers with Bulls and therefore could look overrated to the rest of the NBA um, and some of them had sort of bad careers with Bulls but good careers somewhere else yeah um, as we tend to find with players like Lowry Markin and stuff like that right um, you know so it's kind of like it's just on your your judgement in it really do you know like yeah and for most underrated I, I went with Pau Gasol and I think right. my, my reasoning for it is you know it, is, it was obviously just had his jersey retired by uh, Lakers um, you know multiple time all-star including two when he was with Bulls mm-hmm. but he never seems to get put in that you know that's um, you know the greatest Bulls does he do you know what I mean if if you're doing a team he seems to, he's always on the the edge do you know what I mean I know we only had him for two years and I know obviously Gary in our chat absolutely can't stand him um, <laughs> or whatever pow, it is pow, pow. <laughs> but yeah for me he was just he's just a bit underrated by anybody but Lakers fans I think mm. mm-hmm yeah, no, I, I think Powell's a good shout. Actually, I mean, we've talked about Powell before, and and I liked him. Um, I mean, he was he, he was another one of those kind of double double machines, really. Um, he played well for us. It, it, he was a great passer for a big man too, which is another thing that kind of gets little recognition um, sometimes. But um, yeah, no, I think that's a good shout. For me, um, I was kind of torn between two. Um, the first one was Ben Gordon. I mean, I was a big Ben Gordon fan um, and sidestep. I hope he's doing okay right now. I know he's going through a tough time. Um, but I really liked Ben Gordon. He was kind of one of the first baby bulls to um, kind of make a bit of a, a, an impact. And um, and I really, I really liked his game. And then, of course, the fact that he kind of had the UK connection helps too. But I've actually gone with Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson had such an impossible task to try and fill in in the year that Derek Rose went down. Yeah. And I think Bulls Nation loved it. But outside of Bulls Nation, he was just known as this slam dunk champion. And that was it. And it's sad that his career didn't finish up in the NBA. He went elsewhere. But I like, I love, I love Nate. I loved his you know, like you said before, he had that heart hustle muscle type thing going on. He really was giving you his everything. And uh, was it the New York? Was it against New York in the playoffs when he went off and scored something like twenty odd points in the last few minutes of the fourth quarter and then into overtime? Yeah. I think he, he like yeah. hit. Uh, he hit two shots within like seconds of each other to uh, to bring it in and. Um, and, and bring it to overtime and then ultimately get the win that was back in the day before I had um, I had full access to watching the game live where I used to just sit there and literally watch the score uh, <laughs> so you'd, you'd literally just be watching the score go up or down and the play by play and um, and I remember going crazy in the bed when it, it came up there he'd hit, hit the shots and yeah I, I really loved Nate Robinson and I think he, he got didn't get enough recognition for, for what he did for us yeah 
So the next subject then is most overrated of all time. <laughs> yeah, um, that's it. I, I struggled with these ones, and a lot of it's because it depends what narrative you follow. That's true. Yeah, because at the time, you know, if it's if you judge them when they was playing, you know, you can throw people like Tony Kukoc into underrated, but then mm-hmm. over time he's become a valued member of Bulls. You know what I mean? And everyone saw what he did actually do. So yeah, it's and for me that's <laughs> I spoke about it the other week. But I'm gonna I don't say he's overrated, but for me. He's overrated in terms of where he is as a bull, and that's Jimmy Butler. Um, because I don't think he was the player he is now when he was with Bulls. No. Um, and as I said to you in the chat before, this whole thing of the Zach Jimmy trade, Jimmy's five years older than Zach, and five years further into his career. Do you know what I mean? So you give Zach the rest yeah. of this contract, and then you judge Zach, I think. In comparison to Jimmy, you know, because who knows what's going to happen in the next five years? At the end of the day, what's Jimmy actually won? A couple right. of playoff series. All right, yeah, he's got to the playoffs, but it's the only time he ever turns up mm-hmm. because he decides to sit half of the season, and you know, when he tweaks his ankle or whatever, he takes three weeks off, which you know, fine, fair enough. But I just don't like that mentality in a player. Whereas with mm-hmm. Zach, I know I'm going a bit off tangent here, but you know. Um, with Zach you know that he'll play injured because he wants to be playing don't matter whether it's game 1 or game 82 or game 5 of the 7 game series he doesn't just turn up to be playoff Zach obviously because he hasn't got there like but um, (laughs) you know like I say to me I'm not saying that he's overrated I'm just saying that for me Bulls fans overrate Jimmy Butler if that makes sense yeah, no, I, th- I think you're right in regards to like I think I think a lot of fan, uh, Bulls fans and Bulls Nation could see what Jimmy had the potential to become, but there was no guarantees that that was going to be the way it was going to go. And I guess they tried to build around Jimmy um, to a certain degree with the big bringing in uh, Dwayne and Rondo, and yeah. and that blew up in their faces basically yeah and that was the demise of, of Jimmy instead of it becoming the creation of Jimmy and the Bulls I think um, but there's no there's no guarantees that the Jimmy that we are seeing now was going to be the Jimmy that we would have had had he stayed at the Bulls no and, that, and, and like you say that's all about following well. the narrative yeah, yeah yeah it is because if Zach was to go to Lakers, for example, like he was heavily rumoured to last year, he'd be a completely different player because he's playing with completely yeah. different players. You know, right. we've seen it with Lowry. He left. Bulls, there you go. But he went to Cavs. He didn't exactly hit the heights he hit when he went to Jazz. So it's all about the fit. Do you know what I mean for me? And yes, that's why you know I'm not. Let's like say he's not overrated in terms of what he did as a player. I just think Bulls fans overrate him in terms of we lost the trade sort of thing and yeah anyway before I upset any more people I'll let you go. <laughs> yeah so like for, for me um, I, I, I heavily considered Nikola Miritich 
Yeah. Um, I mean, we waited a while for him. And then when he finally came over, he was kind of anticipated on being this kind of Tony Kukoc 2.0. And, I mean, he had little flourishes, but it, it just always felt like when he played well, it was in a game that didn't matter. Yeah. And when it was in, when he when was needed to step up, he disappeared. So, I mean, I did seriously think about Nikola Muratic as my choice, but I think because of the player he was in his previous team and because of the accolades and the talent that he has and because of the amount of money he cost us, we put an awful lot of expectation on how good it was going to be getting the hometown boy, Dwayne Wade. (laughs) And for me, Dwayne Wade did very little to benefit the Bulls in that one year that we had him. Um, do you know, he was brought in and I think the only thing he managed to really seriously contribute to the Bulls was ticket and jersey sales. <laughs> yeah. Um, outside of that, we, you know, it, it's, it's well known that he created a rift in the locker room. Um, there was a massive divide there. He ended up turning Jimmy to the dark side. I mean, there was all sorts of chaos ensued um, when he signed with the Bulls. And it just it just wasn't what it should have been. And for that reason, I'm putting him down as the most overrated of all time, purely because of the hype that came with him. And he never met anywhere near what we what we needed or what we wanted to see from him. Yeah. Okay, so favorite defender of all time. Yeah, quite um, quite current, really, isn't it? This one. Um, yes, was, considering. <laughs> you know, I was going to go with MJ, but I decided to go with his his Robin and go with Pip. Mm-hmm. I just think that you know, as good as MJ was, and he even admits it himself, you know, he wouldn't have won the titles without Pip, would he? Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely, and I just sometimes I think that obviously he what Pippen contributed just goes a little bit un underrated, I guess. So he could have <laughs> maybe fell into that underrated player, but um, yeah, for me it was just he was he was good on both ends, wasn't he? Um, yeah, and if you read his book, obviously he'll say that he was the better defender than MJ, you know goes back to that whole thing of tipping it you know it was him that created it sometimes a turnover but it ended up in MJ's hands so he got mm-hmm. credited with it and the media wanted MJ to be you know this the player that was doing it all um, obviously that's Pippen's take on it and you can kind of see some truths to that but yeah uh, I could have gone with MJ but just to be a bit different I went with Pip yeah uh, um, and then in, in true fashion, I've, I've double-headed it and I've gone for MJ. So, you know, that just goes just goes to show. Um, I don't know whether that's because I've, I, I believe the hype and the narrative, um, if you're taking it from uh, Pippin's point of view. But just MJ was... I mean, Pippin was fantastic on defence as well. That's not, that's not up for debate. But MJ was a fantastic. I mean, he was just fantastic on both ends of the floor. It's one of the reasons why he's considered the GOAT because he had the all-round game. It wasn't just 
oh, he can score. Um, he won Defensive Player of the Year, I think, in 88. Um, he was just incredible. He could get steals, blocks, um, could play on, on ball defence. Um, it, it was just it was just great. Uh, and himself and Pippin together on defence was one of the main reasons why the dynasty worked the way it did. Yeah. So, and then, of course, you threw Rodman into the mix for the final three. <laughs> so, um, favourite, and this is favourite, not best, favourite coach of all time. Yeah, I just went with uh, Phil Jackson. Uh-huh. You know, he, he was obviously coach of the team that I fell in love with. Um, and obviously, big part of the reason why that 90s Bulls team was the way it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we've had some good coaches since, but I wouldn't put them up there as my favourites either. You know, uh, coaches like Tibbs and such. But, yeah, for me, it's Phil, because, like I say, he, he was coach of the team that I fell in love with, so and the reason why we do what we do now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm exactly the same. I went for the Zen Master. Um, I did have a little note for a special mention for Tibbs as well, but you've done that already. Um, so yeah, it, Phil Jackson all the way for me, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then the final one, and again, bearing in mind this is just our opinion, our take, uh, favorite dunker of all time. Yeah, I went with MJ. You know, it's just. Is part of the reason why he fell in love with him, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, it did sort of put a special mention for Zach and D Rose. Yeah. But again, it's the game's changed, hasn't it? Do you know what I mean? From when MJ was doing it, it was to the way he did it and how he did it and stuff like that that you just think, well, obviously, Air Jordan. The amount of yeah. airtime he got when he was dunking it and stuff like that. You know what I mean? You could put you know, your bigs down as dunkers, couldn't you? Because they just stand there and they slam it down. But to me, that's not a dunk. That's just because you're big enough to do that. Um, you know, I, I love to see players flying through the air and twisting and stuff like that. Because at the end of the day, that's that's what MJ did. Obviously, Zach, two-time dunk contest winner when it was actually a contest. Um, <laughs> you know, and he still does it now, doesn't he? You know, you still. You're praying for that explosive, Zach. You know, because mm-hmm. what you want to see. Um, and obviously, D Rose was just, yeah, my type of player. D Rose in the in the sense that small and weaved his way through, and then just got up and he got up above everybody, didn't he? Really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. While he was healthy, anyway. Well, yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, I pretty much got the same answer as you on this one. Um, I said it's hard not to pick MJ again. Uh, it was just, it was the combination of grace and explosiveness that you got from MJ's dunks was just amazing to watch. I mean, it was it was poetic in the air, and I think it was Magic Johnson that that used to joke around or, or was once quoted saying that, you know, he'd get up in the air and and you'd jump up with him, and then he'd be still going up and everybody else would be coming down. And, and MJ would be like, well, I don't know if I want to shoot it yet. 
maybe I'm just going to switch hands and then dunk it, you know. And it's and that's just kind of the way it was watching him. And the great thing about it was, you know, and th- and this is something that maybe kind of people that are newer to the NBA or people that are, are of a different era to yourself and myself didn't realize was MJ was kind of the first one that really did it in games on a regular basis yeah. that he would do these spectacular aerial dunks. Um, I mean, there were players before him that could do it. Uh, Dr. J has to get a, a particular mention. First one to dunk from the free throw line and all that. But I'm not talking about slam dunk competitions. I'm talking about in-game, consistent slams, as particularly in the first half of his career that were just amazing to watch. Yeah. Um, so I have gone with MJ. Same as yourself, though. I mean, Zach emulated Jordan in regards to his dunking. Yeah. Um, I mean, he proved that when he when he did the um, the Toon Squad from from uh, Space Jam dunk in his slam dunk competition. Um, and like you say, D Rose. Well, I mean, did you not get the memo? <laughs> D Rose yeah. was so explosive for his size and so fast that it, it made it incredibly exciting to watch. So special mentions to Zach and, and, and Derek, but it's Mike all the way. Yeah, absolutely. So that's yeah. it. That, that, was, uh, that was the questions that we had to go through. And just a bit of fun, just to fill, it, fill the gaps uh, while, while content is low. And like Matt said, he's going to put it out there. Um, anyone feel free to give us your opinions on it, your answers, and it'll be something that we can talk about on the socials. Yeah. And, well, that's it for this episode, isn't it? Pretty much. Um, I think we're, we're into back back end of the week, uh, depending on what Bulls news comes out. And, yeah, as usual, I've been Matt. You can find me on Twitter at MattCRedUK. You can find us on all the socials at CRedUK. And don't forget, we've got our website now, CRedUK.com. And until next time... I'll hand it to Neil. Yeah, and you can find me on Neil C Red UK at, uh, on Twitter. <laughs> um, as always, we'd like to thank you for tuning in. Please do feel free to leave comments and answer those questions, and, uh, and we'll get back to you and have a bit of a, a social discussion on it. We always enjoy to uh, have a bit of a back and forward with people uh, on the socials. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and give the all important five star review and uh, to check out our Facebook group as well. Um, most importantly, though, do go and check out our uh, CRedUK.com website that we have out there now. I, uh, I did a piece this week on Benny the Bull. It's a bit of fun. might be worth a read. Let me know what you think about that as well. Until next time, wherever you are in the world, C-Red, go. It's time for the percolator. Percolator.